Okay, and welcome to Wrestling And. Today is really exciting because today we are going to talk about wrestling and PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. And at one time, and maybe even today, I'd say today, if you're an indie wrestler, the way that you really know you've made it was when you're booked on a PWG show. Um, PWG, it, it never really ran weekly. They, they've always been this promotion that runs every few months. and uh, But when they have shows, it's kind of like these indie all-star shows. And we're talking worldwide here. Japanese talent, European, North American workers all packing into this, what used to be this tiny little venue to show off the best wrestling in the world. Now, my co-host is at, ring in, at in-ring art, Justin. Justin, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I am doing very well. Excited to talk about some PWG. But the, the thing about PWG that our listeners might not know is that PWG is based in SoCal, Southern California. And this is where in-ring art Justin is from. So, Justin, we are going to get into your specific PWG experiences later. But right now, why don't you tell the listeners what you think of when you think about PWG? Um, well, I wanted to throw out a disclaimer real quick just about overall recording tonight. Um, my wife has, she's fine, very minor symptom COVID, so we've been isolating her in the bedroom. Mm. So I have, my two sons are out here playing Fortnite, so if you hear a little yelling and screaming, it's because they're playing with their friends. The, the seven-year-old might even cry a little bit if he's uh, <laughs> being not included, but I just want to let you know, if you hear some background noise, that's what's going on, okay? You, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Hey, you're taking care. <laughs> you're taking care, yes. so I appreciate that. Um, actually, um... I didn't uh, stop cooking until today. Like, we just ran out and got some Burger King and stuff. Cool. Cool. Well, anyways. Nothing like some good BK. I haven't had a Whopper in forever. Maybe I should go get Well, yeah, they got some Whopper Juniors today. But anyways, um, PWG stands for Pro Wrestling Gorilla, And... This is a, you know, a big thing in Southern California... Um, and I think if you looked at a lot of the rosters of WWE and anything like that, especially from like 2015 on, almost everyone on every sh- uh, in every big promotion has been through PWG. Um, NXT was filled with PWG stars in the, in those in its heyday. It was all filled with former PWG stars, and it wasn't unusual to go to a PWG show and see William Regal. Uh, back there, and I even went to a show once where Seth Rollins was there, and Alberto Seth, Del Rio. One Seth time. Rollins was there as a WWE talent watching, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I have a I have a selfie. With, the first PWG show I went to was in, I believe it was July of 2015, and Seth Rollins was watching behind the bar, behind the curtains. Had his own um, little special area so no one would fuck with him, right? Not necessarily, except for me, because I was, like, trying to talk to him, and he was <laughs> yeah. looking at me crazy. I got, I got like, kind of a selfie with him, too, um, that he didn't really agree to. It was kind of funny. He's just, like, looking at me like the fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's like, who is this dude? But he was there uh, yeah. looking. He was watching, bro. Probably yes. a lot of his friends. A lot of his friends. Um, WWE was in town at the time, too. Um, so that's why uh, they, they were a lot of them were there. And actually, one of my friends that went with me, I drove home afterwards, and he went to a little bar in Reseda, and he was hanging out with Paige and Alberto Del Rio at the bar. The toxic couple themselves were at the bar. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. He said Paige was really cool, but Alberto Del Rio, Alberto, 
Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Uh, you know, wasn't, you know, didn't seem to be too thrilled, but he said I don't think really I'd cool. want to hang out with him. I'll just put it that way. But um, it's he, just funny that they would find themselves at a dive bar in Reseda. But, <laughs> you know, PWG is not only this kind of cult thing that led to a lot of superstars that you see now, but um, when you go to where it is, it's just like this kind of mecca. Uh, I don't know, you know, I haven't been to the new venue yet. I'm sure we'll cover that. And this is the Globe. The, is there a new venue, the, right? Globe Theater. The, the Globe, yeah. They're, they're currently at a uh, a theater downtown uh, at the uh, in the theater row of downtown Los Angeles called the Globe Theater. There's a lot of beautiful theaters down there. I've heard a lot of mixed. I haven't been to the new venue. I've heard a lot of mixed um, reviews about it, good and bad. Um, I'll get there one day. Just haven't yet. Uh, another thing we'll talk about PWG has the prices um, are pretty out there uh, at times. Um, but the original, they've had other venues. They, I think they were at like, uh, but I'm just going to talk about their heyday. I'm sure if you have like kind of a timeline, we'll talk more about where they um, have run their shows before. But the, they're real famous for running in a American Legion Hall in Reseda, California, which is in the San Fernando Valley. That's what I was going to ask is that, and if you're a wrestling fan, especially in the 2000, mid-2010s, like, you saw this video so many times. A lot of viral moments came from this area, this room, this place that they played. Um, and that's the the building you're talking about with the low ceiling, right? Yes, and low ceiling. Packed There are a lot crowd. of close calls. Packed crowds, um, three to 400 people fitting in a venue that may be... 200 people is about, I would say, the fire marshal would agree so with. standing for, like, a whole, the whole show, a lot of people, right? Just standing. There's a, Yeah, there's probably, I would say, six or seven rows of seats, and then everyone else is standing. So half the, I would say about half the crowd is standing. And I've been in the seat, and I've been standing. Uh, um, I, I've, and, you know, uh, tell me if this is true, because this is something I read, and that's that they have the high prices, right? There's a... A kind of uh, what I've heard is that they create a, a fake scarcity by releasing DVDs or Blu-rays months after the show. Um, that's another thing they do, right? Like they don't have an online service live, so the live show is you have to be at the live show, right? I think it's gotten a lot harder. Um, they don't have any type of streaming. Um, I think their shows do end up on high spots. Um, Maybe a year or so after, but yeah, I think they have a big market with DVDs and blue and Blu-rays mm -hmm. that um, I think they go back like a month after the event they come out or something like that. I've never bought one of their DVDs. I don't know. Um, just to give you an idea of the prices, uh, when I went in 2015 the first time, I did not buy a ticket in advance, and I got a standing room ticket for forty five dollars. Forty-five stand. That's not the worst for the standing room, but you are standing during a whole show, so that kind of yes, sucks. you are. Okay, forty-five dollars, and I was able to get that the day of. I just walked up and got it, waited in a line, and uh, PWG is basically has tailgating, and you get there uh, if you're going to a seven o'clock bell time. You get there, people are there probably, you know, five six hours before the show starts, just hanging out in the parking lot, 
there's probably a ton of regulars too, right? I mean, yes, all these people is. that Absolutely. know each other. Um, uh, you know, so tell me if this is true. What I read, and this could be totally wrong. It's just someone's opinion, but I heard that there's kind of a snobbiness to PWG, this LA type of snobbiness, and the fact that it's expensive to even get in, and everyone yes. knows well, each other. Well, that's what I was gonna say is. Um, now to go to P PWG, I think the lowest ticket's ninety bucks for standing room. And I'm look, I'm, I'm on their website now, and that's right. Uh, which the cool thing is that the prices don't fluctuate in between front row and standing room is is like twenty dollar difference. But at the same time, standing room ninety dollars, dude. Yeah, yeah. Now I want to say this first of all. Now they go on sale, and you got to get lucky. I've been lucky when I've gone on and bought tickets on their website when they say they go on sale at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, every time I've done that, I've been able to get tickets. But a lot of people get shut out, and they get sold out quickly. So that's when I went on, when I went on that occasion and was able to get a, uh, a standing room ticket day of. That was kind of one of the last times that was able to happen. So um, it really started to gain popularity from about that point on. Um it really blew up. I know they had Kevin Steen and El Generico and the Young Bucks and all those guys kind of the year or two before as well. Adam and Cole. still running in that time. Adam Cole. Um, and I saw a lot of Adam Cole. I saw a lot of the Young Bucks. I missed the Kevin Steen and El Generico era because they were already over in uh, NXT. By that point, um, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. But I will say this, and I've told my friends, because I think the last time I went, I went to... Uh, 2017 bola one night that was the i've been to probably three or four events at the at, in reseda okay and the last time we went it was bola is always more expensive i think we paid 90 bucks nice um for the uh, general admission okay and i was trying to explain to one of my friends that had never been before i'm like i know it's 90 dollars but oh, you already have i know it's it's a lot of money i'm not gonna lie <laughs> that's what's prevented me from going but i've always gotten my money's worth from the show. It, it is worth $90, the experience you get and how close you are to everything and how and how great the matches are and the experience. I mean, it $90, is worth the money. $90 to see some of the most incredible wrestling in the world and, yes. you know, be part of this atmosphere. You, you know, you compare that. I went to AEW, right? Now, different. It's yes. a big-time TV show. They obviously need a lot of money to do all that stuff, but I, it was $75, and I was like... Not nosebleed, but I was mid up there, you know, for seventy five. So I think ninety dollars to have, you know, to see these matches, to see these up and coming uh, indie wrestlers and legends sometimes, Jushin Thunder Liger, people like that. Yes, uh, I got think, my picture with him. I think ninety dollars is not that bad. It's it, now if you go every show, that could add up. But you go a couple times a year, it's really not that bad. It just really depends on if you can spend ninety dollars, if you can afford it, if you can swing it. You will get ninety dollars worth of entertainment from going. Probably in the and first half. You will half. get ninety dollars worth of an experience from going. Mm. Is it overpriced as an overall thing? You know, you can probably go see WWE for a lot less, but you're going to get that lot less of an experience. You're not going to be able to shake your favorite wrestler's hand. You're not going to be able to take a picture with them and buy a shirt right from them. Um, I mean, one of the best things about going to PWG was. They had a bar there. The beer was cheap. This was at Reseda. I hear that the prices and the concessions at the Globe, the are, Globe are different, which is probably those downtown LA theater prices for their beer and stuff. It's not the same, or just right? or your typical club prices or whatever. Yeah. But ten dollars a beer, and uh, you would get a pitcher of beer at 
PWG and Reseda for nine bucks, something like that. Wow. Um, and everyone, they would run out of pitchers. So people Jeez. would, you would just buy a pitcher and hold it like this and drink out of it. <laughs> Did they offer normal beers or just pitchers? That was what I was confused about. I don't. I, I think they did, but people always went for the pitcher because it was so cheap. Yeah. And the fa- and some people would even uh, buy. They would go to the restaurant supply store and they would buy one of those plastic pitchers and they would just put a bunch of stickers on it, like you do like a water bottle, like this. Oh. And they would just have their PWG pitcher they'd bring with them and they would fill it up for them. Obviously, in a COVID era, COVID changed all that. <laughs> changed all that. But um, it was quite the experience, and you really felt like when I first time I went, and people, I wouldn't say there was a snobbiness at all because I was I went by myself, and I I had a lot of I my, I remember my wife and kids were out of town at the time they were in Japan, and I just said you know what I'm gonna go, and I awesome. I went, and I asked questions, and a lot of people were just super friendly and helping me out with oh yeah you'll do this you know and just kind of getting me through the line, and I just kind of I went and. Uh, you know, this is six years ago, so maybe it's a little different now, but, um, it was awesome and it was hands down the best wrestling I've ever seen in person. Um, and I, you know, hopefully Even I'll go to again the one G1? Day. Uh, yeah, well, the G1 was amazing. That was a once in a lifetime experience. But the G1 usually like only two or three matches are set up to be like really amazing. And besides that, it's usually tag matches, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. And no, 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 no. Going to the G1, I mean, I I paid more money for that. I think I paid a hundred and something dollars. But I I sent you some pictures, actually, because I was going through some old photos. That's that's why I asked you, yeah. Those were really good seats. Um, Really awesome seats. And I think I paid a hundred and hundred dollars or something like that, which I thought was a pretty decent deal considering... Um, you well, know, where every, I, get to is, I think everything in Japan's a little more expensive. Is that right? I, I've kind of heard that. Not in necessarily. General. Okay. Not necessarily. Um, no, that not necessarily. I would probably spend about a hundred dollars on the seats like that for. Uh, I don't even know if they're you know for the Royal. War. No, they'd probably be a little bit more. I don't know. Well, anyways, it sounds like <laughs> comparable to like AEW prices, a hundred dollars for like a pretty good seat. Yeah, where you get to see. Right. I was probably you know. You know, this was a, in a venue that only fits like six or seven thousand people. It's not a giant arena, but, anyways, um, yeah. you know, back to PWG. It's I just like the bottom line is it's it is worth the experience. I didn't really get a lot of, a lot of snobbiness there. Maybe well, now, and, and that's why but, I want, um, wanted you to talk about that because you know no. maybe this is just online people saying what they think it's like, but they haven't actually gone to the shows. And you know, whenever I usually AEW is weird because it was nothing like going to shows in the Attitude Era where people everywhere were freaking out. But I bet you there are uh, since PWG has a little more of a cozy atmosphere. I bet you that you can just talk to all sorts of people and just you know ask them about the shows. And you know, I bet you it's when that type of atmosphere. The beer was flowing. Pretty Pretty much freely, you yes. know. So it sounds like a fun show. You know, you have to be next to tons of people, right? Like there's people yes. all around. You might as well say and, hi. And you know, there was one person who I found out like who was actually somebody later on. Um, I was in line. This guy was really helping me. I asked, you know, she just happened to be next to me getting in line, and um, really nice dude, just kind of taking me through what they do and all that stuff. And then when um, you know I'm in the show, I noticed that that same guy is sitting up on the stage with Excalibur and just kind of there oh. when you go to PWG where the announcers are there's always some VIPs kind of sitting up okay um and i've seen you know some people that are celebrities there 
and um, they're always up there or they're around in the crowd or whatever. There's the famous Sofia Vergara picture when she mm-hmm. went. Um, but anyway, I saw that guy sitting up there, and later on I go on to figure out that he is um, Bill McKenna. Have you heard of Bill McKenna before? I've never heard of Bill McKenna. He, he's like the, he works for Mattel. Oh, and he, okay. He is the main um, designer for WWE action figures. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, so dude probably makes bank and is definitely a VIP and you knows know, he, some people. But he's a huge wrestling fan, and obviously, because he designs the figures and everything, and he was there, just a super nice, regular dude, just, you know, he, I didn't even know who he was, and uh, I kind of, like, then I saw his face, and I'm like, oh my god, I, that's who that guy is that was, you know, just kind of giving me the ins and outs of PWG, just really super cool dude, and and all that. So I don't really detect, I didn't really, maybe now that they moved to a different venue or honestly, I'm going to have to say that I haven't um, been for a few years. So maybe that's changed. Um, I think the last time I went, it was when Cody was in battle of Los Angeles. I didn't go the Mm. night he had a match, but it was around that time that he was, you know, released from WWE and whatnot. But um, you will be back though. Can, can you say that with certainty? You will be back eventually i think so yeah i think eventually i'll get back there um the new venues kind of uh the, and the prices of kind of like i said it's expensive just for the money that i have <laughs> but you definitely it's not like a a ripoff if that makes sense shit man uh we'll, we'll plan a year ahead and then we'll grab a uh what's it called a mezzanine or whatever balcony although they do make yeah. you buy 25 dollars of alcohol per person on top of your uh, is that true yeah for the balcony for the balcony uh, or for the uh, uh box sorry for the box right so right. and you have to pay it before you even go in like here's 20 we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it I guess. <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah pwg that there's kind of a little bite of an experience of going to the shows and uh you know, let's talk about some of the history. You know, just like our stardom thing, I'm not going to go year by year, and I actually don't have a huge timeline here, although I can pull one up. Um, what I wanted to first talk about is just the beginning. Um, and PWG is a wrestler-owned promotion in a way. I mean, you could say that, like, the performers originally owned the company. They ran the company. little different than a lot of other promotions, especially indie promotions where it's some dude. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely born and bred Southern California people, too, uh, that founded it. And um, I, I know three off the top of my head. I think there's a few more, but basically There's the PWG-6, was... so why don't you yeah. say who you, like, kind of know, who and I then know. I'll fill well, in the rest. There's Joey Ryan, and, you know, we'll have to mention a little bit about Joey Ryan because he was very important in the forming of PWG. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, you know, as it was run he was part of you know some important things that happened in, the, in that in pwg and then yeah, excalibur sure. uh excalibur who we know now is the one of the lead excalibur. announcers the excalibur one of the lead announcers for um for AEW. um whenever you go to a pwg show it's it's excalibur that's Still. in there in jeans and a t-shirt and a mask that welcomes you and tells you to recycle um and all that good stuff and to listen and to legion does the larry commentary. Still does the commentary. and Yeah, and still does the commentary. And you listen to Legion Larry, who was this old curmudgeon guy that worked at uh, uh, the PW, that worked at the American Legion Hall that always be telling people oh. to stop smoking or to uh, <laughs> don't drink in the parking lot. Just like this old curmudgeon dude that was one of the old veterans that worked there. Okay. Um, 
And then Super Dragon, uh, who I think to this day is still the booker and everything. Um, okay. With, uh, with PWG. And I know there's a few more. Who do you got? Yeah, so the original six was the ones you mentioned. We have Joey Ryan, Excalibur, who was a wrestler back then. Actually, a very mm-hmm. good wrestler. Like, go, go, guys, go watch some, like, old Excalibur stuff. Dude was, like, a high flyer and did some crazy shit. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, the other three were Disco Machine, not to be confused with Disco Inferno, um, Scott Lost, and a guy named Top Gun Talwar, who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So, um, I'm not quite sure about who he is. Maybe some of you guys know him and uh, can tell us, but... Um, in 2008, that changed, and now it's since then it's been two guys: Excalibur and Super Dragon. Yeah, for the most part. Um, even I think Joey Ryan kind of ended his involvement probably around 2015-16. Um, e- even before the the accusations and all that stuff, right? Oh wait, yeah, years before, probably yeah. around the time. Uh, uh, maybe it was a little bit after when he was getting really famous for the, for the you know in Japan for the for the for the penis grab and the thing. DDT stuff and yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think he kind of always had his and he was always getting close to breaking out whether it was with TNA or whatever. But anyways, enough enough kind of about him. We know where he's at now, but you know you can't really talk about PWG um, without Joey Ryan because. Again, he he's, was one he's of the founders, of the... and he was also a part of one of the most important tag teams and features of PWG, which was World's Cutest Tag Team, Candace which was LeRae. him and him and Candice LeRae um, were this you know just great tag team that went to war with the Young Bucks and ever everyone that went through PWG and. It found Candice LeRae a lot with a bloody face. I remember that image. Oh, dude, dude the 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 world's cutest tag team versus the Young Bucks. You had like the this is where I don't. I'm not sure if it started here. It probably did not. But you, this is where their uh, shoe with tacks on it kind of gimmicks like really had this moment. Uh, you know, messing with thumbtacks, kicking Candice LeRae in the face with the thumbtacks on the bottom of the shoe, all that stuff. So, uh, oh. hey, Candice LeRae, man, she was getting work done, uh, winning the quote-unquote men's belt with uh, Joey Ryan. So, there you go. Um, speaking of those championships, so the way I've seen it is is there's just two championships, right? This is much easier than stardom, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's basically just a tag team. Mm-hmm. And a uh, there's just honestly there's just a tag singles team and, and a, tag a team. singles yeah isn't isn't and that nice? It. And there's also a thing about it where if you become a the champion, you automatically become a heel. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. So so if you become and world champion, you want, you're a heel. I, like you just become a dick. I pulled out the card from the from the first PWG show I went to. I can read that off to you just to give you an idea of where it was at at this time. Yeah, let us let us know. Let's hear it. Okay, so I went to uh, it was called Tremendous Four, um, and it was July twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen. Uh, here we go, American the, Legion. For the listeners, American Legion Post three hundred eight. 
Go ahead. I just want I want to let them know uh, the Three Mendes is like one of their named shows, and we'll get into some yeah. of those because they have a lot of shows that are just randomly named. The names are actually really funny, but Three yes, Mendes Three Mendes is one of their uh, kind of flagship shows. Not, not uh, one of them. So go ahead and tell us. Let, let's hear it. So here, here here's the card I had. So the the opening match was Team Tremendous, who is Dan Barry and Bill Carr, um, where they're like this. Uh, I, I you know Dan Barry, right? I don't know either one of those guys. Uh, Dan Barry was um, basically this team is like kind of like they're like undercover cops kind of gimmick, and it's hilarious. And uh, okay. Dan Barry was the if you ever watched the uh, show on um, WWE Network, I can't remember the Foley show where they did like kind of the reality show with the Foley's. Yeah, um, yeah, Foley. When and his Noelle daughter. was getting trained, she was getting trained by Dan Barry. Okay. And okay. I believe Bill Carr was in the faction. He was in NXT for a while or WWE, and then he was most recently in the faction with Bateman and Vincent. I can't remember what they're called, but he's in that faction. Okay. Big guy with a beard. Uh, against World's Cutest Tag Team. Nice. Um, yeah. And but by the way, when you go to all these matches, there's a good chance that Dave Meltzer is going to be there, and he's been at every one I've been to. Um, okay. Probably Brian the crowd, crowd around him. It's probably hard to talk to him, I imagine. Shit. No, it, you could just go up to him and talk to him. Okay. It's not that bad. Uh, Brian Cage defeated Johnny Gargano. Wow. That's okay. that's, a, that's a good one right there. 11 minutes, 28 seconds. Uh, Andrew Everett defeated Rich Swan. Okay, got to see some Rich Swan. Don't know Andrew that Everett. That was awesome. All night long was awesome. And, and uh, then we had another great match, Trevor Lee and Tommaso Ciampa. Ooh. Ooh, that <laughs> sounds really good. Fucking, what's his name in NXT? Uh, tr- uh, Trevor, oh, I forgot. Trevor Lee. Oh, he's um, Cameron Grimes. Cameron right? Grimes. Okay. Awesome yeah. wrestler versus Tommaso. Yes. So already we're seeing... We're seeing a lot of these people that have become a lot of so familiar much more, names. and we'll get to that. But like, look at this—we have some NXT superstars already in the first, you know, couple. We're talking NXT legends here. You were watching before they really were at that point. Yes, uh, and then here you go, Mike Bailey and Chris Hero. Mike Great Bailey and too. Chris Hero. Now, now, quick question here about Speedball Mike Bailey. So, yes, I don't know him that well, but uh, you know, he just did a uh, a uh, PWG match that people are saying is the best PWG match since they came back. Um, can you talk a bit, bit about uh, Mike Bailey and why why is he not in WWE now and stuff like that? Do you know? Around this time, maybe a year or so after this um, event, um, Mike Bailey's Canadian. Okay. I believe he's French Canadian or whatever. Yep, that's and right. And he he ended up getting banned from the country because when he was coming into um, uh, I don't know the details of it. My understanding is that he um, basically lied about why he was visiting the country uh, oh and didn't have a proper visa or whatever. So he okay. I don't know if that's but anyway the result was he got banned from United States for five years. And just recently started coming back to the country. Um, And it was probably around this time he got banned. And if I wanted to explain Mike Bailey to you, I would would, uh, uh, basically say he's a mix between a Daniel LaRusso and a Rob Van Dam. Okay. That's the gimmick. Uh, Is a a karate kid gimmick. He's a... uh, He's probably... If I had to guess, he's probably 
Um, you know, I, I have kids that are half Asian. I think he's probably half Asian. Um, and real handsome guy. I believe he's dating uh, Vita Scott. That's right. Yep. Um, and uh, he's basically like a karate kid gimmick, wrestles barefoot um, ah. with like kick pads. You know, and. Um, okay. You know, yeah, he's 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 great. He's super athletic and has a good look and all that stuff. And so. definitely a hallmark uh, of PWG up till this day. I mean, but like you Absolutely. said, he uh, he got arrested trying to get into the United States for Evolve. Um, like you said, probably lying about you know what was going on and yeah, banned for the country. Hopefully that doesn't happen to Josh Alexander, but uh, that's a little bit different. So. Uh, okay, just wanted to ask that because a little, you know, Mike Bailey. If you're not watching, if you're only watching the main uh, wrestling companies, That's you might not know about him. But he has quite a history, and he's won a lot of championships, and he's wrestled in uh, DDT as well. So uh, right, was he in Dragon Gate too? Because I know that he's done a lot of stuff in Japan. I, I during see the here, band. dude. He's wrestled for like every okay. <laughs> like he did czw progress yeah, rev pro uh yeah, you know x uh, wxw in germany ring of honor ddt impact oh, but no dragon yeah, gate i can see he might have done a spot but uh okay just w- wondered about that real quick so um that that what was there anything else on that show you watched yeah there's two more matches that okay. was on this uh ricochet and oh, akira tozawa <gasps> what dude yeah that match little did you know but that match was the let's go to WWE and get not used match, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, uh, well, I think Ricochet kind of lasted a couple more years on that circuit. But, well, he was um, champion. Tozawa, he became champion eventually. Yeah, and Tozawa was kind of just getting on the radar then, too. Like he Well, kinda... as far as American stuff, because he was big in Japan before that. Right, but I'm just saying in America. Um, and the main event was the Young Bucks. Oh, as the as the tag team champions against Angelico and Jack Evans. Oh boy, so we're talking some crazy shit. Yeah, so that was the first card. The commentators were Excalibur, Rick Knox, and Joey Ryan. Rick Knox was so the commentator. That's what it says here. I don't remember. I, I I've always wanted to kind of track this DVD down and buy it, DVD down and buy it because it was my yeah. first show, and I can't remember. There was another show I went to. Where Drew Galloway and Michael Elgin was the main event because I think okay. Zack Saber was injured, and this was Drew um, Galloway is out of WWE, got fired, and he's building yeah. himself back up on the Indies, probably just to get back in WWE. But big part of uh, had some cool PWG moments too with him. Yes, this is Drew McIntyre uh, for yeah. Yeah, and Michael Elgin, who's been out for his own reasons, too, that we won't go into. Yeah. He ended up having two matches that night because the main event was supposed to be Zack Sabre versus Drew Galloway for the PWG title. Because at the time, Zack Sabre Jr. is another one that has really been synonymous with PWG. Oh, I mean, the list goes on and on. You you look um, up, okay, you look up, and I have a list here. We'll get to it later, but like top rated pwg matches of all time from cage match and Meltzer, and it's just like every other match is zsj every like you know what i mean oh yeah it's a who's who uh, if you just go through all those people like almost everyone that's in a main events right now has either come through pwg or has i mean it's 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 really insane i mean even somebody like shingo takagi before he was in new japan he was in pwg um, yeah when he was free for a little while there after yeah. dragon gate yep so. And he's been 
recently he's he's been in PWG. Uh, you know, when they first started running back again, I think they had him for a while too. Um, you know, he's been one of those uh, Kenny Omega. I mean, we can go on and on. Kevin Steen. I mean, about yeah, uh, all of these Well. And I have a little list here, so we'll talk about the World Championship real quick, and I'll give the quick stats, the quick overview of the uh, championship, just like we did with Stardom. So the first winner ever, and, and again, a who's who here, right? Uh, mm-hmm. First winner was Frankie Kazarian, all right? Right, so right. So he, he won that at Badass Mother 3000. This is 2003, <laughs> dude. My yes. God, little did we know what it would turn into. But uh, Were they running at the Jewish Community what? Center or something like that? I think that's so, where they first ran. I have this that that show was like a multiple night show or something, and it took place in Eagle Rock and in the City of Industry. Now, did they call it the City of Industry, or do you just call it Industry? Um, well, I guess when you see it on a map, it is the City of Industry, and if I sell, tell someone, first of all, you rarely go there. There's not really much there. It's just <laughs> kind of a little suburban area. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know if I've ever really told, hey, I, oh, I got to go down to City of Industry for something, you know? Okay. I think they had a good Thai restaurant there or something, but um, is it strip malls uh, and stuff or? It's just there's a lot of like, kind of. It's not actually industrial area. Not I don't know. I it's just kind of inland uh, okay, okay. of L A. So little inland. So don't know that, much but that's about it. that's where those original that original tourney uh, took place. So um, okay, uh, going to nowadays the current champion. Do you know who the current champion is? Uh, once God, I tell you, good... you'll be like, "Oh yeah, of course." Yeah, is is it Keith Lee? No, not Keith Lee. Is it Keith Lee? No, it's Bandito. Oh, um, Bandito, Bandito. Of course, dude. Yeah. Because of the yeah. pandemic, because of the pandemic, he does hold the record for holding the belt the longest. Right. So it's right. hard to it's hard to really say that he held the belt for the longest, you know, um, because he's only had three defenses. Um, so, but it's Bandito. And, and just to also say about their belts, which is hilarious about them, is the Young Bucks used to carry them around in the dome. Their belts look like they were just kind of the generic wrestling belt. There's nothing special about what the way the they belts look. They didn't spend the $10,000 on the plating and all that stuff. No, so. it looks like one of the ones that you see for the Facebook ads for if you win your fantasy <laughs> league or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. But that's what makes it so awesome is that it's just so minimal with everything, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Chris Hero had 10 defenses of the title. Um, yeah, so- and the, Chris Hero is one guy that, like, he was my, you know, when I was getting back into wrestling, obviously I started with WWE, and and then my indie hook was just wanting to know more about Chris Hero. Really? Because, um, yeah, Chris Hero was my first, like, um, indie wrestling like kind of interest was like dude this guy is awesome like well you know and and all that and just seeing his matches and the what he was about and his moves and all that stuff that really was my um my gateway um that got me into the indie wrestling scene yeah i i got it i got a little bit into chris here too you know when i had just heard people talk about him for some reason i thought he was like a junior (laughs) i was so wrong about that dude's (laughs) massive but uh yeah, obviously rolling elbows and just completely knowledgeable wrestler. Probably one of the smarter wrestling history wrestlers there is. But uh, without a doubt, and just honestly, the way he he doesn't the way he moves like for a big dude is inc- incredible. And also, like you said, their elbows and stuff. One of the most 
like in person, one of the most prominent strikers I've ever seen. Just impactful, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he had ten defenses besides Bandito. Adam Cole did hold the title for five hundred and thirty-eight days. So hmm. lots from Adam Cole and uh, the the person who's had the belt the most. And I'll, I'm going to be using some WWE names here just because it'll help people understand right. it better. But sure, uh, uh, Kevin Owens had the belt three times, which uh, aka is a Kevin Steen, right? Yeah. Yep. So I look. We look at a name of PWG World Champions here, and uh, here's a little list. This is not a full list, but this is to give an example of. Like what Justin was saying, like how this company has had these people go through it, and like it's like you're you're almost freaking you know earmarked dog in it or whatever for success. Like once you are in PW, so we have Kazarian, Adam Pierce, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn as El Generico, right? Mm-hmm, big big mm-hmm. uh, Brian Danielson, Chris Hero, Kenny Omega, Cesaro as Claudio Castagnoli. Um, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, Zack Sabre Jr., Ricochet, Keith Walt, uh, Keith Lee, Walter, Jeff Cobb. So, like, my God. Just put it this way. If you're going to be naming a roster um, of, let's say, New Japan, AEW, Ring of Honor, and WWE, as we name those names off, there's probably about a 75% chance that they've been in PW. They've... they've run through PWG and, at some point. And especially in North America. Especially in North America. Like mm-hmm. like but like you said, you get uh, some Dragon Gate guys, you get some New Japan guys, you had Jushin Liger do shows for PWG. I and mean Hiromu dude, if, on his excursion was out there. Really? I didn't know yeah, that. So from yeah. Mexico he came up, right? Yeah, he did. Um, I'm gonna look it up because um, when I when I went um, to the Battle of Los Angeles that night one of the matches was Chris Hero and um, uh, Liger. And wow. who was the handler of Liger when he was handing out Kamei, autographs and who, stuff Kamei like Tachi? that? Who, Was Kamei Tachi. So he, I didn't really know who Romu was at the time, but he was the one kind of helping, uh, you know, helping Liger with the public a little bit. So, okay. Um, and for yeah. those that don't realize, Kamei Tachi was his uh, gimmick in masked wrestling gimmick while he was in Mexico. So, uh, yep. Hiromu, Hiromu we're talking about. So, yeah, man, just just incredible, dude. Uh, my God, what a list of wrestlers. And these are just, the you know, the quality of these wrestlers. All that. Like, it, it's, it's, you know, not all these guys have become the most over people in the business, but the wrestling quality here is just off the charts. You know, only certain belts can, can really match this, you know. Uh, like, New Japan, maybe the... the the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, like that, that it's nuts. So uh, they also have a tag team championship, and you know what? No different. Like the winners of this belt are also a who's who, right? Absolutely. I mean, it starts with the Young Bucks, right? Um, the the first winner were the Strong Style Thugs. So that's B Boy and Homicide. Big name with Homicide there. Um, they won the Tango and Cash Invitational. The current champions. Malachi Black and Brody King, right? So we're starting heavy. And I can tell you when you have the chance, I, I found my the PWG. I went to the 2016 Battle of Los Angeles night one. I can tell you who was on that card, too, and you're going to get super jealous. <laughs> Let, let's, uh, let's finish this tag team thing, and then yeah, you'll, you'll yeah. let us know, because yeah, that okay. sounds super exciting. Um, 
Now, of course, the kings of this belt are the Young Bucks, right? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Young Bucks, another name synonymous with uh, PWG, PWG. In a way. Uh, and Southern California wrestling as a whole. So True. Yeah, you cannot say PWG without Young Bucks. For sure, man. Just so much, so many moments there. Um, they held the title four times, which is a record. They had 31 defenses. Jesus, mm. dude, 31 defenses. Now, do the heel, uh, do the uh, do the tag champions become heel as well? Um, I'd have to find some other tag champions, but it just seems like with the singles title at the very least, they become heels because I think people that go to the shows really want to see. The, a new champion. No, it's it's so a, it's th- a simple and effective booking idea. If you hold the belt, you become a cocky asshole, and then it adds to every match, right? It, it's right, yeah. So, um, because most of the time they're going to go against the baby faces, they're not going to be challenging heels to that. So, uh, they had the belt for two thousand and fifty three days. <laughs> Dude, that's like four or five years. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So here's some names that have held those belts. MSK. You know MSK mm-hmm. from NXT? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Pac? Pac? Yeah. Seth Rollins? Uh, Evil Uno? Stu Grayson? Brian right. Cage? Candice LeRae? Ethan Page? Josh Alexander? Uh, Alex Reynolds? The Lucha Brothers? Matt Riddle? So maybe you've heard a couple of those uh, about oh, yeah. a couple of those people. Um, Chuck and Trent probably had it at some point too. Chuck Chuck Taylor definitely had it. I don't know if I saw Trent on there, but they were they were doing their runs in uh, PWG as well. So Chuck Taylor. I think Chuck Taylor was even a singles champion at one point. I remember that being a, fl- a feel good moment I, when Chuck E T won the world title. I think he was. Their, I think because of how I feel about Chuck Taylor, I didn't I list him, you. but I, I think you're right. <laughs> so why don't you uh, okay tell us about this other show that you went to? So this was the night one. I know there's one more, too, because this wasn't that I went to, at least. Um, this was Battle of Los Angeles, night one, 2016. Uh, this was the one that Cody Rhodes was in, but I wasn't there. I went to the first night. Second night was when he had his first match. Okay. The first match I saw was Marty Skrull against Pentagon Jr. at the time. Pentagon okay. at the time. Okay, Penta El Cieto. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Marty Skrull, obviously, for his own reasons. We'll just leave it at that. Um, Ricochet, Jeff Cobb. Wow. John Henneken, a.k.a. Um, Johnny Mundo, John... John. Yeah. John Morrison. John Morrison. Matt Seidel. Oh! Right? <laughs> uh, wait till you hear this one. These next three, really, or four. Will Ospreay versus Ray Phoenix. Oh! <laughs> I don't even remember a lot of this stuff. This <laughs> You're like, dude, it was just so fucking good. I just like it just came and went. Zack Saber Jr. Tommy End, aka yep. Malachi Black. Yep. Like, wow. come on, dude. Right. Um, I just get excited and t- like these are the events I would go to and just get like that whole day. I was like a kid in a candy store. You're like, like I can't. I would work wait. a day. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I was, and I haven't had that feeling. Even the PW, uh, uh, the the, um, the G one, I had that feeling about too. But I will never this feeling of being a thirty seven and thirty eight year old man or thirty five, whatever I was at this time, being giddy like a little child, knowing that I was getting to go to PWG. Like I can't explain that feeling. It's just, well, anyways. Chris Hero, Jushin Thunder Liger. 
I saw oh. Jushin Thunder Liger perform. It's my Gmail background, the picture I have. I oh, saw man. Jushin Thunder Liger perform in a place for 300 people in the United States. I mean, that's so wow. cool, right? Um, and then the main event that night was a six-man tag. Uh, it was Adam Cole and the Young Bucks against Dalton Castle and the boys. Oh, wow. Very unique match, but that that sounds fun. And wow. I want to say... Night. If it wasn't this night, it was another night. But the boys at this, I think, were Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. Like they were, yeah. <laughs> they were in the boy gimmick that night. Yes. Wow. I think it, if it wasn't this show, it was another show. But, I mean, dude, when you look at this card. No, that's that's absolutely, absolutely nuts. You know, what? It, it, it makes me think, man, about going to PWG. And one of the huge differences is you go to AEW. I've been to an AEW show, right? Like, you're going to watch TV. You're going to have a TV taping. And so, you know, you, you're going to get matches that have time, time issues for commercial and all that stuff, right? Like... They're going to have that slow period during the commercial, and then they're going to have weird pacing issues where wrestlers go in and out of character and stuff like that. But you go to PWG, and pretty much it's like going to like a G1 show. Like you're just going to see a bunch of crazy fucking matches with with you know no commercial issues, nothing like that. You know, and And, I love that. And with PWG, like especially this era when I was going, I haven't gone to the new one yet, so I really. It's really having me itch me itching to go back now that we're talking about it. Of course, but yeah. you really felt like you were a part of something cool that not everyone knew about. So there's always that like kind of feeling of, you know, I'm super cool because I'm going to a PWG show and not everyone knows about this, but it's awesome. And you really felt like you were a part of something. Um, well, and as and, I said, they they make kind of a fake scarcity. I say fake because they could just stream the shows, but. Those shows are not released on video for a couple months afterwards. So, I mean, there's something yeah. you are not seeing something that everyone else gets to see right away. You're seeing what you get to see in those other 200 people. And it's, that's it. It's like your own private experience that you're given, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. So that is so awesome. And by the way, I'm just going to say that the Blu-rays are not expensive. Um Looks like the Battle of Los Angeles is going to be coming out for twenty bucks on Blu-ray, and now I'm thinking I might buy that, like uh, for this oh. year. And I think I can close it out. The 2016, the other show I went to was called Prince. Now that I see it, um, no, I wanted, yeah, I want to tell you that year, dude. They had their three like shows oh, that wait, weren't what? their major shows were all named after musicians. Did you know that? Yeah, it yeah. was Le- Lemmy, Bowie. Yeah. And Prince. And I think I went to one where I just can't remember. Here's the card from that. Adam Cole, Dalton Castle. Cool. Some ROH stuff. Michael Elgin Kamatachi. Ooh, AKA that's, Hiromu that Takahashi. sounds real interesting. Marty Skrull, Mark Andrews. Okay, I don't know Mark Andrews, to be honest. Um, He came out with, like, the flying kind of gimmick and stuff. He was in the Cruiserweight Classic and stuff. He's British, I believe. Okay. Um, Chris Hero, Jeff Cobb. Chris Hero, Jeff Cobb, awesome big man match. Trevor Lee, Andrew Everett. Okay. Drew Galloway, Michael Elgin, because that was because... Um, injury. You know, he has injury. But, and then Roderick Strong, Sammy Callahan. Ooh, that sounds good, too. And I, I believe when I went with my friend, because he went with to me with all the shows except for the first one I went to, um, he always talked about this being his favorite one. 
that really? we went to. Okay. Yeah. And I think there's one more. I just don't. I think maybe one, I think these are the, those are the three shows I went to. But um, I remember Michael Elgin. I know we talk about Michael Elgin, but dude, that guy and Drew Galloway is just a hard hitting match. And Sammy Callahan's kind of a scumbag because he spits on people. Oh, and he'll, oh, yeah, I, guess I didn't really I didn't really right. appreciate him. My friend did catch Adam Cole's gum hit him uh, oh. at the Battle of Los Angeles. I can't on accident like he landed on his lap or whatever. But wow. um, but I can't. Yeah. So there you go, man. I mean, who's who? I mean, I know there's a lot of names. Maybe some people want, might not know, but but I they mean, perform, bro. Excited. They go in there. Even the guys that you don't know, they're wrestling at a very high level. Um, very yes, high they level. are. So, and if you know if they're there, they've kind of like it's like when you get the stamp of approval. They've there's, been vouched they, for, dude. Yeah, they don't just let anyone there. I mean, I know. You can say a few people may might have snuck on a cards there, but um, you know they really have to pass a sniff test before they get on a PWG card, and therefore yeah. you automatically earn the respect of someone like w- William Regal. I've seen at the shows multiple times, um, you know, which is a lot of NXT was formed on PWG mm-hmm. stars and, this and was Ring bef- of Honor. This was NXT 1.0 before they uh, yeah. changed their philosophy, which well, is like they're looking for the best wrestlers in the world to put on their show. Well, I think you could say it was a little bit after the reality show. So when NXT was in its heyday, we're talking, you know, 2015 through 2017, 18. Right? Yeah, I, I, just, I, just, I just meant that nowadays they aren't having the same philosophy of promotion, but uh, back then they knew where to go to find the best wrestlers, you know? They knew which which shows to attend, and uh, l- let's talk about a few of their uh, flagship shows after we take a quick break. We will be right back. All right, thank you guys for your patience. I appreciate it. Um, we wanted to talk about uh, some of the flagship events that PWG has. Now, there's one that is above all others, I would say. But before that, they, you know, they do a lot of... Some of their shows are just shows with random names, right? I mean, they just have shows yeah. with funny names. And actually, the names... Time is a square circle, right? <laughs> so I have these written down here. Mystery Vortex. Yeah, Mystery Vortex is one of their more common shows, but they have... That has a gimmick, though. Yeah. That is... Yeah, we'll talk about it. Here's some of the names. Time is a flat circle. Only kings understand each other. The makings of a varsity athlete. Uh, Kurt Russell reunion, of course. Don't sweat the (laughs) technique. And some of their shows, they just give numbers, like 15. So... Right. um, Their biggest ones... So we have All-Star Weekend, right? Um, Now, do you know what the gimmick is of All-Star Weekend? I I mean, I would guess that it's like big stars, but I'm not really sure how that works. I wonder if it corresponds to when the NBA is having their All-Star game. Uh, Why would that, though? Um, Because they call All-Star Weekend for the NBA, so maybe they have it around that time, too, in February. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I, I... Here we are, being the experts again. Yeah, someone let me know, because uh, it's called All-Star All Re- Weekend, and maybe it's just... That's just a name. It could be a random name, right? But it's one of their kind of... Yeah, I mean, I know we kind of grew up, you know, uh, maybe not you necessarily, but 
grew up with the uh, connotation of All-Star Weekend for you being a 90s kid for the NBA, yeah, the slam dunk contest, the three-point shootout. You which know, just happened. Which just happened. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking at this uh, like PWG 2018 All-Star Weekend, right? Sa- Sammy Guevara versus Robbie Eagles and Flash Morgan Webster. Wow. Wow. Yeah, That's... Sammy Guevara was another guy that was just huge there and was like this little scummy heel with a panda bear. Keith Lee Kinda defeats good. Hangman Page. There you go. <laughs> wow. Seriously, it's just ridiculous. Their cards are just, you know, even Taiji these days. You know who, the, hey. who are the current tag Bandito. champs? I know you know who the current tag champs at PWG are, right? I, yeah, I mentioned it earlier. It's uh, Malachi Black. And Brody and Brody, Brody King, King, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Orange Cassidy shows up there regularly too. You know, nowadays too, man, because of the closeness. Oh, well, we'll get into this, but because of the uh, closeness of AEW and PWG, mm-hmm. it's it's not too crazy to see maybe an AEW champion also holding a PWG belt. That's not impossible, you know. Well, it's currently happening right now, isn't it? Well, who holds or not a champion in AEW, but yeah, no. a wrestler. But yeah, so yeah, so they do that. They have three Mendes, which I thought was like a, a triple threat thing, but I seen it's not. So that's another named show. And the gimmick with uh, the mystery vortex is they do not announce the card until the night of, right? Yes, that's the gimmick with the mystery vortex. Is you don't know what's going to happen until you get there. That's fun, dude. That is so fun. Um, sometimes you think it's like. Uh, they don't. A lot of people always think, "Oh, that means that they haven't been able to book anyone." They don't. They, you know, it's not that exciting of a show, so they just sell it on, on that. But um, uh, man, I don't really know, man. I've heard some good stuff. I know. Seriously, he's going to start. Uh, Justin's going to be buying tickets after we talk about this. So um, the biggest event they do every year, though, and this is like that time that you're going to see Regal at the show, and celebrities okay. are going to be there and stuff, and that's Bola, the Battle of Los Angeles. One of Maybe one of the most, if not... No, I'm going to say it's probably the most prestigious tournament on the indie scene. It has to be, right? Yeah. yeah. Or just the most prestigious event in the indies. Um, you got a list of the winners? I don't have a list of the winners, but I can pull one up. So okay. I, I can imagine it's uh, pretty crazy. But this is their two or three night tournament, right? Usually it's... Uh, it's it's usually two to three nights. I think recently it's been this year's was three nights. I got it right here. If you want me to read off, yeah, yeah, let's hear it. The list here. So starting in two thousand five, uh, the first um, bowl like winner Kevin Owens? Was, was Chris Bosh, not the basketball player. <laughs> Defe- Are you sure? And he, yeah, and the runner up was AJ Styles. Wow, Chris Bosh got a nice little push back then, huh? But I guess AJ Styles wasn't who he is now, so. 2005. Uh, 2006 was Davey Richards. Davey Richards, In 2006. Awesome. Uh, with uh, Sema being wow. the uh, runner-up. Um, 2007 was Sema, with the runner-up being El Generico and Roderick Strong. Oh, that is great. Shima, I mean, we're talking uh, uh, Dragon Gate legend. Exactly. And possible abuser of monkeys. Oh. Um, to <laughs> read the Dragon Gate thing. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is he a scientist or something? <laughs> um, 2008, Loki defeating Chris Hero. Loki's awesome. 
2009, Kenny Omega. Of course. Over Roderick Strong. They have an eye for talent there, dude. Look at this. We're talking 2009, and they pushed Kenny Omega to the top there. I mean. Yeah. All right. Well, hold. here we go. 2010, Joey Ryan. Uh, yep, defeating next. Chris Hero. Uh, 2011, El Generico beating Kevin Steen. Oh. Legendary feud. <laughs> Uh, 2012, Adam Cole Bebe defeating Michael Elgin. Yep. Um, 2012. Thought you just uh, said. I'm sorry. 2013, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly defeating. I'm sorry. The first one. Uh, yeah, defeating Michael Elgin again. 2013. Okay. Ricochet in 2014 defeating Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong. That's a DVD to own right there, dude. Watch that whole Ricochet run. I bet it's fucking incredible. And 2015 was Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Chris Hero and Mike Bailey. Because I think they started doing a lot of triple threats. Okay. Like, um, like what is it? Like a loser of the tournament can re-get in or some weird gimmick like that? or Something like that. Or, or they just would have three semi uh, Yeah, I don't know. So New, Jap- um, New Japan Cup winner uh, ZSJ also has one bola. Yes. Uh, 2016 was Marty Skrull defeating Trevor Lee and Will Ospreay. Ooh. Uh, 2017 was Ricochet again, the only two-time winner, defeating Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee. Oh, what? Yeah. I gotta watch that one, bro. Now, this was Jeff Cobb before the modern Jeff Cobb, but my God, that match sounds great. And 2018 was Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Defeating Bandito and Shingo Takagi. Oh, my! Okay. Dude, these these names are just like it's like you're just listing dream matches that we've all dreamed of. It's like no, they've happened already. They've they've existed in this universe, and there's some ugly names on there too. Another one I'm about to get to. 2019 was Bandito, and he defeated David Starr. Yep. Uh, who's one of those, I guess, ugly names these days, right? I, I feel like we're, we're just going to have to, like, make a disclaimer and stop mentioning, you know, all the stuff about them. It's like, we got to mention the names. They are who they are. We're not going to sit here and talk about them We are disclaiming them and saying the only, you know, we're mentioning these people just because they're they're part of the history Part of the here. history. We don't condone anything they've done. Um, and then Jonathan Gresham, who we do condone and is a great wrestler. And mm-hmm. from and what we hear, a good person. Or 2021? 2019. Okay. They didn't have one in 2020 for obvious reasons, and they didn't have one in 2021 for obvious reasons. Um, and then, of course, the most recent, 2022, Daniel Garcia defeating Mike Bailey. Wow. Just a few weeks ago. Wow. that And I heard that match was fucking incredible. So I heard it was I mean, one of the best PWG matches in years. So really, I wouldn't doubt it out. whatsoever. And... I want to go now, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to find myself there at some point in time. But anyways, you know, yeah, you talk about a who's who of people. I'm even looking at some of these brackets, and it's just, like, incredible. Do you know who uh, Sumusu Yokosuka is? Sumusu Yokosuka? No, I, I don't. Okay, he was just the, he, I guess he was in ja- Dragon Gate. He was just somebody, I'm looking at the random brackets I'm trying to there. see if he has a different, oh, wait, wait, say his name again? Uh, Sumi, uh, Yokosuka. Yeah, 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 that's a, that's a big Dragon Gate. Susumu. Now I sound all confused. Uh, I mean, when you look at this, one of these brackets, it's, uh, 
Him, Dragon Kid, Tony Kazina, El Generico, Davey Richards, Nigel McGinnis, Kevin Steen, Necro Butcher. Okay, that's Susmu. Okay, Susmu okay. is awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a great wrestler. Love him in Dragon Gate. Um, so that's cool that he came too, because I never thought I would, you know, see him in America. Those guy doesn't come into America that often. So that's really cool to see Susmu uh, in Los Angeles. So awesome. And there's Susumu. just you just look at the Chris Sabin. I mean, the guys we haven't m- mentioned. Uh, Matt Cross, um, Rocky Romero, mm-hmm. um, I mean Austin. I mean Austin Aries is another controversial one, but he's been in PWG. Uh, you know, Scorpio Sky's been in PWG. Um, you know, just a lot just of just the, yeah, the just late who, Jimmy Rave was in PWG. Just a who's who of like all Human these tornado, guys that have yeah. done so much stuff. Um, you know, we're we're making we're talking lists here. Why don't I give you a little quick list of you know what are considered the quote unquote best PWG matches of all time? Now, there's two kind of lists. There's one of cage match, uh, which right. I would trust probably the most because um, the Wikipedia of wrestling, I guess. Meltzer only like rated so many matches. He didn't watch every one. You know what I'm saying? No. So uh, yeah, he's always there with a notepad. By the way. <laughs> so Danielson versus Hero is the highest rated match ever in PWG on Cage Match. Um, haven't can't, seen it. I can't argue with that. What year was that one? I, dude, I don't even know, man. Obviously, before it was in WWE. So I, right. I, I, I don't know, and I don't have a lot of detail on these. I just have names, but I mean, yeah. they sound awesome. So Cole and O'Reilly versus the Young Bucks versus Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Mm. Awesome. Now, this match, this next match, sounds fucking incredible, and it's maybe one of the most impressive-sounding matches I've ever heard on the card. It's Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Matt Seidel, Ricochet, and Osprey. I think that's the one that has always been claimed as to be being like one the of the best. greatest. Yeah, I've, when, that, when that match happened, uh, it's probably circa 2016-17, they were talking about being one of the greatest, you know indie matches ever kind of thing and i mean how can you go wrong with that that is just absolutely nuts putting ricochet and osprey on the same team basically the gimmick of the match is like the ultimate high flyers of the time versus the adam cole and the young bucks so it's just nuts uh roderick strong versus zsj o'reilly versus zsj walter versus zsj so again walter's another guy that's run through there yep and and had a good run yes and was champion yep Let's talk Donovan Dijak versus Keith Lee. You remember that one? You had to see I heard one. good things. I heard good things. Oh, my God. That match is fucking nuts. Um, I'd say it's a pretty legendary match now. Five stars in the Observer. It's just, it's really like two huge dudes doing shit that big people should never do. And Yeah. I, yeah. One of the best matches I saw, I think it was on DVD, was uh, Keith Lee and... Um, Matt Riddle. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, yeah. Yeah. And, Keith, you know, I'm pretty sure in, in PWG they don't tell you, like, don't do this, don't do that. I'm pretty sure they just say do what you want because you have Keith Lee doing fucking, like, like flips over the top rope and just, like, the most wild stuff. Uh, I've seen this match. This is Cesaro versus Sami Zayn, Claudio versus El Generico. Awesome match, dude. That when the hell of a kick kind of meant something, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, so indefinitely. I mean, and uh, well, the whole uh, you know Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn lineage and and all that all started with PWG. Yeah, that we hear about all the way up until today. Well, it probably started in Montreal, right? Let's be honest. Perhaps, but on the main on stage, the on the big, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon Cutler, Brandon and Dustin Cutler. Have you ever seen Dustin Cutler wrestle? I know I've seen. I'm pretty sure I've seen Brandon wrestle at PWG and on uh, where else did I see him wrestle? Um, oh yeah, um, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. So Brand- I don't know Brandon Cutler can actually go because obviously he, he is a total geek nowadays. Um, but I didn't realize he could actually go. No, no, he's a no, he's a good wrestler. He's definitely solid, talented. So Brandon and Dustin Cutler versus El Generico and Paul London. Paul London, another guy who's really been through PWG, probably like one of the best looking physically wrestlers they have. Great looking guy. He's an actor too. Um, so El Generico and Paul London versus the Young Bucks versus the Cutlers. Awesome. Um, Walter versus ESJ, like I said. And you know, something we didn't mention is that uh, PWG has a great connection to Mexican talent as well. Really, you're going to see a lot of awesome Mexican wrestlers almost every time you go. It being in Southern California, it's easy for the guys to get up there. I mean, would you agree with that? Well, definitely too. And there's also the fan support uh, for those wrestlers too. And a lot of them are a lot based in Los Angeles too and running a lot of other shows. Lucha Libre based shows in Los Angeles already too. So a lot of like Mexican American fans supporting is that, mm-hmm. is that yeah that's awesome yeah so well, it's Los Bla- Angeles so yeah it's L A uh, uh, Black Taurus Laredo Kid and Puma King versus Bandito Flamita and Ray Horace God that sounds awesome um, and Dragon Lee versus Bandito so I mean all that Mexican talent it's it is great PWG is such a mix of Mexican, North American, Canadian, you know, uh, L.A. talent. And that's one of the things I really love about it. And another thing that's kind of hit or miss with PWG is the style, the PWG style. What can you talk about that style of wrestling? You know, and it was funny because I've mentioned a lot with somebody like Jeff Cobb. If I had to explain what PWG match was, is that it's kind of wrestling with a little couple ticks and fast forward (laughs) yeah that's so one way to put it they're very fast-paced matches with a lot of flying a lot of hard strikes and if you can't maintain a certain cardio level you know you're you're not going to be able to hang there um as you can see with the majority of the wrestlers that can move at that pace and somebody like jeff cobb who you would think who looked kind of sluggish um, in New Japan for the first couple of years. Of course, he's found his way and he's doing great now. But injured PWG now, matches, sadly. But, uh... Yeah, it looks like he's on the men though. Mm-hmm. Um, PWG matches are never going to go longer than 20 minutes. So we're not talking a lot of 40, 50 minute epics. So they're yeah. pretty high flying. I guess you can say somewhat choreographed. Um, well, it's spot, it's, they are they are spotty. They there are lots they are of spots. spot festy if, in that category. Not necessarily but, a bad thing, but that's just how they are. It, they are the perfect thing to take somebody a non wrestling fan to mm. to experience the culture of wrestling, 
And to uh, see that, to see that some, true athleticism, true athleticism. To see the true athleticism um, and to, you know, to hear and to see everything, it's, it is quite the experience. And it's the ultimate in-person wrestling experience. But the matches themselves, I would just say you, you, you click fast forward a little bit and maybe slow down to hear the strikes. So it's a perfect blend of speed and, like, you know, uh, intensity and contact and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I wrote down here, my opinion of it is that there's good and bad parts to the style. Uh, it's extremely fast, like you mentioned. I, I dare say spot fest. Um, and sometimes they have kind of comedic elements. Yes, they do. Um, they, they have some silly comedic things. But that's the thing about PWG, I guess one of the downsides. There's not a lot of... Maybe someone will want to fight me over this, but there's not a lot of storylines and stuff that you'll see continue on to a few different shows. I mean, sure, there's rivalries and stuff, but it's there is a somewhat disposable element to it mm-hmm. um, because you just you see a lot of one-time matchups and stuff, and it's it is a very disposable thing. No one's coming um, out cutting promos on like next month's show, right? For the most part, no. they're just. I wrestling. mean, occasionally you'll have some kind of promo. But um, it's usually just a very disposable show where, you know, um, there's nothing that really carries on. There's not a lot of storylines. It's just flat-out wrestling Yeah, the, the only thing is the belts and the championships that really affect uh, show-to-show. Um, right. So, you know, I wrote here that, you know, if you are a fan of more realistic style, shoot style, or, like, the slow-paced Japanese kind of strong style... Then you're probably not going to be happy that PWG style has become a massive influence on American wrestling. I mean, absolutely. And you know what though, um, you can make the argument that a lot of the stuff we're seeing today on AEW and even WWE is all PWG style that's been and, and fl- that's, found that, its way. That's what I wrote <clears throat> here. Love it or hate it, the PWG style is extremely influential. AEW, absolutely. My God, man. I mean, you're going to see a couple PWG shows or style matches on almost every Dynamite. But uh, to to an extent, uh, that NXT kind of 1.0, Johnny Gargano, that is totally, totally PWG style. Adam Cole, um, I so the influence has been... Just massive, man, um, especially in America. So I like it. It's good. It's fast-paced, uh, spotty. But, you know, sometimes it's not always my cup of tea. But, you know, like you said, it's it's always impressive. It's always like you bring someone that doesn't watch wrestling, they watch it, they're going to be impressed. It's always, it's always entertaining. And really that's the big goal of wrestling is to entertain. The psychology is pretty much like, crazy shit people you know it's not like this slow paced all right walk around you know it's like let's see some crazy shit but that's fun one of the greatest things you can you know i've taken a few different people to wrestling shows that aren't wrestling fans and one of the greatest things to hear from people that obviously you're not going to convert these people it's just really rare it's quite the thing to get into but when you can just hear them say yeah i'm you know i'm not like a fan now or anything, but I get it. And PWG is the type of thing where you can take someone and they soak in the culture, they see the other people, and acknowledge, like, oh my god, these are just kind of 
you know, normal cool people that are into this. This isn't like a nerd thing or whatever. Yeah. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, just getting that acknowledgement, like, I, I like it's not for me necessarily, but I get it. I get why people are into this. And, you know, PWG is like the punk rock, um, you know, kind of punk rock wrestling in a way where it's just kind of that underground like, oh, that WWE stuff? No, no, no. I'm a wrestling fan, but I don't really watch it. This is where a lot of those people came from, is from that w, that PWG kind of uh, culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, sure. you know, where you when you kind of hear that whole line of, uh, you know, I don't really watch P. I'm a huge professional wrestling fan, but I don't watch WWE. For the average person, you know, that... Is that's a really confounding thing to say. It's like I love cola drinks, but I don't drink Coke. Like, what? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very confounding uh, thing to present somebody with. But the reason that you um, hear that is is PWG or one of it's, these. It's it's funny you say that because I've been dating recently and gone on a few dates Look and stuff you. and i end up talking about wrestling because i love wrestling but i try to explain hey, to if them, it's a big part of your life you got to get it out there I, rather I than do, they just discover it one day you know I, it's like i don't want them to just find out but uh if it, a, a yeah. lot of times i have to explain to them yeah i'm not really into wwe i'm i like the i just say i like the japanese stuff and hope that that right. kind of uh makes it clear that you know i'm because god the stereotypes are i, I guess that's a whole different thing but uh you know you're a, a wwe fan in america it's uh it's an interesting person for the most part um i wanted to real quick and you already mentioned this but um you go to pwg at least before and it might be this way now but yeah you're gonna see some talent scouts you're gonna see some celebrities so Sofia Vergara, Vergara, right? You you mentioned yes. her with the that was one. Um, Meltzer, you're gonna probably see Meltzer here and there. <laughs> We're gonna put him in the same category, but he's a wrestling celebrity. Well, he's not sure. a celebrity, but I guess I said that uh, talent scouts, celebrities, and pro wrestling media are yeah. often at these shows. Um, Tools Adam Jones is a regular. At yeah, PWG. I've probably seen him too. Yeah, I don't know exactly what he looks like, but I know he's been there. Jillian Jacobs from Community, another uh, regular at a lot of PWG shows. So, thought that was kind of cool. Do you remember Jillian yeah, Jacobs? Do you remember Community, the blonde one? I think so, yeah. And I know I've seen, like, uh, he played Frank, uh, Frank Sabaka on The Wire in the season two. Um, the bald guy. His name's something Bauer, Chris Bauer. Yeah, and he, he goes actor. too. He's there a lot, and... Um, I believe her name's Natalie Morales. She's the actress that she's been in a lot of things, but she played in season Sorry's girlfriend on Parks and Rec. Mm, okay. Um, she, I've seen her at the shows, um, and I, I've seen some other kind of random people at these shows too. Like when I try to explain this, people like, there's like, you get somebody that's like Sofia Vergara who. You you know who she is and her who was her husband at the time? What's his name? He's oh, in the I don't know. Magic Mike. He's a big wrestling fan. Okay. I don't know why his name is slipping my mind, but um, he's a wrestling fan, so that's probably why Sophia went at the time. But you're getting these people to show up at these little dingy place in. And let me tell you something about that American Legion Hall, which has since been destroyed. De you know, demo de you know, demolished. Mm-hmm. Um. It was in the summer. It was hot and disgusting. <laughs> There's no oh, air conditioning geez. in this. Bunch of sweaty guys that look like us. Could you imagine the smell? 
I could only imagine. <laughs> hey, I smell but, good. But you know what, though? Like, people would complain about it and stuff. But, like, it was part of the charm, you know? Yeah. And if you have it anywhere else, it's not the same. And I haven't been to the Globe, and I've, like I said, I've heard good and bad things about the Globe itself. Um, particularly with the, um, you know, prices and whatnot of the, the concessions and everything. But um, nothing will beat, you know, leaving work and going down to Reseda. It's about a mile away from where I went to college. And I, I grew and, up and, in that area in the San Fernando Valley where it was. Um, and if you've seen the movie Boogie Nights, pretty much that whole movie I takes love place. love that movie. Um, right around the corner from that American Legion Hall is... Mm pretty much over there on Sherman Way and Reseda Boulevard in, in that area in the valley. Okay. Um, you know, it's you, you wait in this, uh, you just park on some surface street by these apartments and you walk over to the American Legion Hall. And in the really torn up parking lot that can really, at the time, use a really good repave, you have about <laughs> a couple hundred people lined up with picnic seats just sitting out there and some of them playing cards, and it's just like you just. It's an event, dude. Like, it sounds you like you felt like you were a part of something, and um, yeah, yeah, it was great. And it's probably, you know, when, since, and it's funny how you talked about you're starting to date. You're dating now, and you're you you kind of bring up how you know you want to you have to bring up that wrestling's a big part of your life and all that stuff. Yeah, not embarrassed about it or anything. It's just something no, no, I no. Bring up. It's yeah. right, right, and it's always like how how will this go? But it's kind of a you know there you know we talked about there's dating site. We need a dating site for people that are wrestling <laughs> fans, right? But um, that seems a little specific. So, but how about you talk to my wife, who always do that? Like I was a wrestling fan when I was a kid and in high school, and I but. This is someone that I've been with um, for about 18 years. <laughs> and then in 2014, when I've been with her for 10 years, <laughs> I just became this huge wrestling fan again. You're like, hey, my life's about to change. Although you don't really plan it like that. It kind of just happens. Bro. Right. That shit draws but you somebody, in. Somebody, you know, like all of a sudden I became this wrestling, big, huge wrestling fan again out of nowhere. And it, that that's kind of weird too, you know, um, that she had to bear witness to me evolving into what, <laughs> into this now, into what we're doing. I, and stuff, I will but. say to my ex girlfriend, who I don't really appreciate as a person, she was also always very cool about wrestling and loved uh, learning new stuff and would watch whatever. So, and we went to AEW together. So, shout outs to her for that, but all the other stuff not. Um, yeah, we won't so, get into that. But open mind <laughs> is is the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, show her a good um, female Royal Rumble. Always get into that. So uh, with PWG, man, let's talk about real quick about the future of PWG because uh, it's been things have changed. I mean, you have Excalibur who has a totally different job now, um, right? And but. To me, I, I wrote down that the PWG success, it kind of always depends on the health of the indie scene um, because they do kind of go from that, although now they get NXT guys, so that changes a lot too. But the promotion always has a keen eye for talent, and it's always trying to book new wrestlers. I think the breakout guy now is like Jack Cartwheel, who eventually is going to be this big-time wrestler. Um but what can you say about the future of PWG? Because obviously they moved to a new place and, you know, there's that. But I think it's going to fairly remain the same. I think it's going to be this prestigious event year after year. 
they still sell out within minutes when they do run the shows. And the thing about it that I think will, is a very sustainable model is that they do not run that frequently. They're not, they don't have the expectations to run once a month or once every two weeks. They do seem to run about monthly every other month, six, eight weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the expectations set where they have to run shows super frequently. Okay. They have a core loyal audience that will will that will buy up tickets whenever they put them on sale. Um, they have a DVD audience too because I mean people buy those DVDs and right, Blu-rays. The right. I don't know what they pay their wrestlers. I have no idea how any of that works. They must pay them well. They have to. But, they have to, to get those level of. But they're still. But I think a lot of it was, you know, if you get booked at PWG that you're going to get looks elsewhere. And I think that might have changed now because um, obviously WWE's philosophy of recruiting talent has completely changed um, in the last Bro, believe me year. that Tony Khan knows what's going on on, um, on PWG. Tony Khan has probably oh, been to many been to PWG shows. shows. Oh, yeah. I, I probably have seen him at one. <laughs> you gotta You got to think of it nowadays. In a way, PWG is almost like has a straight line to AEW, right? Because of Excalibur. So uh, or or you know what though, the indie scene is so fluid now that you can do PWG, you can do basically look at a guy like maybe Joey Janela. Um, Joey Janela can basically work all indies and maybe do a little bit of GCW and PWG and make a healthy living. Mhm. Um so I, I think it's just become, uh, you know, if you're booked on PWG, it's like just a really good line on the resume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As it not only to get you to the next level where it's AEW or New Japan or, you know, if Ring of Honor sprouts back up, but it makes you a, um, you know, a wanted man on for the rest of the big indies. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I agree. And uh you know, like I said, they they have that young talent there. They uh, they they and and it's weird now because you can work AEW and PWG, which kind of adds it. It kind of takes away from the mystique of that we're just seeing all these wrestlers that like aren't that well known. But at the same time, you know the quality is just going to continue being high. So, well, in all honesty, the only places that you couldn't work at the same time at PWG was at WWE, right? So that you had Ring of Honor guys coming back and you had new japan guys working pwg i'm sure sure. i'm sure there's a lot of promotions that that yeah more in japan that might not want their guys doing pwg it's a possibility but i mean even impact guys were working pwg so i think the only place that really wasn't letting you work pwg was wwe well they're also the biggest name in town so i mean no i'm i know i'm not i'm just saying that um those promotions like Impact and New Japan recognize that, you know, and Ring of Honor, um, we got to let these guys work PWG because not only does it, they like working it and they want to work it, but it also um, can draw people from that crowd into our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That I, hardcore fan that buys t-shirts. I, I agree, man. I I. I agree. Uh, real quick before we finish this up, a uh, couple moments I wanted to mention. How about when ACH and Kenny Omega turned into The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin? Did you ever see that? 
I have not. Okay, I'm going to have to send you that because uh, they both morphed in the middle of the match. Kenny Omega became The Rock, and ACH became Austin when he put the vest on. And they both That's just funny. start doing all their moves, all the moves of the... You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, how about the uh, butt train? Did you see the butt train? I have. With Liger? <laughs> Liger, Drew McIntyre. I think maybe uh, Tommy End was on that. Um it's funny how you get a guy like Liger to do that, but have you seen when Kevin Owens idea. pile pile drove the package pile drove the guy's hat? No, that's a great thing on there too. How how about how about uh, did you ever see that the ongoing story of the Bucks versus the ring announcer? That was like a thing that went on for a little while. I, I've heard that, yeah. And like eventually they kept fuck with him and he gave him a double clothesline. Rick Knox also kind of like tired mm -hmm. of... He the, got involved in a match yeah. once, yeah. So Rick Knox also didn't mention him enough. AEW guy that, you know, right. has Referee. been a huge, yeah. huge part. He was the major uh, ref in PWG, right? Like the big time. The, their he red was the main ref in PWG, him and Justin Borden. Yeah. Um who, I, I don't know if he works PWG, Justin Borden, but he's a lot on New Japan Strong. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he does is a lot he, of New Is Japan he the Strong. taller guy or, like, the big guy? No, Justin Borden's kind of like the little chubby guy, yeah, yeah, chubby yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of half-Asian okay. guy. Yep. And um, Rick Knox was the main ref, in, uh, and he's probably, I would say, what, the third ref in uh, AW behind Remsburg and uh, Aubrey? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I well no, they're no Paul Turner's their top ref, dude. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul I thought Turner's it was uh, Remsburg and Aubrey Edwards. I feel like Aubrey Edwards, uh, Rick Knox, and Remsburg kind of have like just their own thing. But no, Paul right. Turner is their uh, what's it called? And honestly, he's not even my favorite ref. I don't like how he counts uh, near falls. Like he does a weird thing where you can like clearly see him not count the th i don't know dude but uh, that's a whole different thing but yeah but he's he's there so we can do a whole wrestling and referees episode Ooh, write that down that's a great idea um so yeah man that is uh pwg and uh if there's anything we got wrong let us know because uh if, if you guys have been to pwg shows let us know tell us what your favorite pwg moments are we love hearing all that stuff so you want to talk about a few other things before we get out of here uh, yeah, sure. I mean, do we want to talk? I, I did actually order some of my shirts from the Tea Republic. Ooh. You're selling you some wanted. shirts? I am selling, I have a Tea Republic store with about 15 designs. And, wow, uh, well, I don't think they can see it because we're not doing video, but he's got a right. red shirt with Hiromu, big Hiromu on it with his art. I think <laughs> that looks really nice, man. Very yeah, colorful. Yeah, I went with the red, and then I went with the, you know, because I'm a wrestling fan, you got to get a we black got a, shirt. We got a black shirt with Bret Hart on it. Bret Hart kind of in a standard, you know, standing there. Uh, awesome. Bret Hart, of course, from the 90s uh, WWF with the shades. Yes. Not PWG um, at all. So No, his PWG run was underrated, though. But, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Co cool stuff. So check that out. Where can they find those shirts? On T Public, and of course, if you go to at In Ring Art on Twitter and Instagram, all my my link trees on there for the original drawings and T-shirts and all that stuff. Awesome. Well, I got in some Twitter drama yesterday, but I've decided I am not. I, saw a I am bit of not. That. I gonna, know. 
I'm not going to here. I'm just going to say this. I am not going to use my podcast to engage in Twitter drama. So I'll just put I'm, it this way. I know you said the whole, I don't trust you if you do this stuff, but, um, <laughs> it was kind of a, kind of a hyperbole to be honest. I, and you know, I, I'm a victim to being a phone watcher, uh, where I, I'm not paying attention. I got to put my phone on the other side of the room and really give it. And that's, I woke up this morning because I watched the New Japan show live last night because it was a 9 p.m. start. It was very doable for somebody like totally. me. Totally. But I was still fading out a little bit towards the main event, and I woke up this morning and watched it in full with the phone charging on the other end of the room. And just, of course, you get a whole new appreciation for it. So what I would say to those people that are commenting and going in there, like, if you can consume something like that and do it, go for it. I don't give a shit. But to me, I can't really, I know I'm not getting everything out of the mash that way, but that's just me. That's a personal preference. It's a subjective art form. So um, you could just rephrase that in a way by saying like, I don't know how those people are commenting in chat rooms and watching wrestling matches. Cause I don't, there's no way I could do that. I really need to focus on the match. It's yeah. not really, it just doesn't work for you. Those people can be, giving an honest analysis of the match and and they're just used to multitasking you know this generation the people younger than us i mean i i saw somebody saying something about don't be concerned about your kids screen time because what do you think they're going to be doing in the future anyway they're going to be on screens their whole life they're living on computers yeah so why are you so concerned about their screen time but anyways um to each his own and, to each his um, own. And again, I, I'm yeah. really not going to even comment on it um, because, yeah. again, I, I've always disliked when uh, uh, podcasters use their podcast to get in Twitter arguments. And yeah, that's and, not and, what know, we're here for. And also people are reading every word of yours just waiting to jump on you for something. And, you know, if you said what you said um, in, in, in a verbal form they probably wouldn't have taken it as much as just reading it off of Twitter. So, I mean, that's just the way it is, right? That's, yeah, exactly. That's just the way it is. Um, talk real quick about... Uh, everyone's talked to it to death, so I guess we have to talk about it real quick. Let's not spend too much time on it, because everything is pretty much well talked about. Uh, <laughs> Cody. Cody. Well, I guess... Uh... <laughs> I heard he's in Saudi uh, Arabia, dude. I don't know if that's true, no, but they left him there. He's still there. Um, I heard he went, I, but he didn't I, show I heard up. He was on at an airport. Shows. He was spotted in an airport, but uh oh, wrestler so, spotted at airport. That's never been. You know, I, it's funny. Even my wife, who I mentioned this to, she's like, "Why? Why is he going back to WWE? What? A, what? You know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." Um. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking, to be honest. Maybe he just feels like, you know, he's got a wife and a kid now, and maybe he can make more money doing it, and he's comfortable being in that environment now. And maybe he went off and showed that he can do all these things on his own, and they respect that, and they want to use him for other things. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I, it's, you know... I've never been the hugest Cody fan, but I respect the hell out of what he's done behind the scenes and appreciate what he's done for us as wrestling fans in terms of, you know, leaving WWE took a lot of guts. He yep. could have stayed there for the rest of his life and made comfortable money. 
Um, but he, he would have been cut. Circuit. He would have been cut by now. Let's be well, honest. It, by now, but I mean, at the time when he left, he had he had a, a a good three or four years before they would have done that. Um, you know, and he went out and checked all the things off the list. He had an IWGP Championship match <laughs> against Kazushka Okada, and <laughs> he was in the Battle of Los Angeles and. He, you know, he did all these things. He created AEW, which has been a great alternative to WWE. Um, he was one of the, and I think he's done a lot of things behind the scenes that we don't know about. He, you know, he was a vital business partner to all those things. And I think as it evolved, maybe, you know, we've heard a lot of rumors about, you know, when 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 PWG first started. I mean, I'm sorry, AEW first started. I think a lot of us thought that this was the structure that. Kenny, the Young Bucks, and um, Cody. Cody were doing the booking and running everything, and Tony was the money guy. Um, well, but, but that, now it, it is all it is all Tony. He is the Vince McMahon. Tony is the Vince McMahon, and I I I don't know if that was that was always the impression that I got was how this thing was going to be created. Um. But maybe something in that dynamic, it wasn't anything personal, but how that developed um, wasn't something that, you know, Cody was into. But And also think about Cody now. He's hosting shows like, um, you know, they had that reality show and then they, they're they doing... They got signed doing that. for another season, uh, but that's not for sure anymore. Well, there's the one with the roads to the top with him and Brandy, and then there's he's also doing that like kind of Go uh, Americans Got Talent kind of show, and you know he maybe he sees himself doing more stuff like that. Uh, yeah, maybe he, you know. In my eyes, he probably sees himself as being a possibly John Cena level talent and branching out, and I think he might be looking for a bigger platform. But also. Uh, there were, I guess, some creative differences that I don't know a ton about. Um, but it was right. a shock. It was a shock to everyone. It was a shock to Kenny Omega. Let me tell you this. So I always love hearing what the casual wrestling fans think, you know, because they have such a different view of wrestling than you and I do. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah. my sister is a AEW every week watcher, okay? Um, awesome. But, you know, she also, like, you know, she'll be like, oh, I really like this Adam Cole guy. And, you know, I don't like this guy. And I, I asked her, uh, what do you think about Cody quitting AEW? She said, it's probably because the fans didn't like him. He should have became a heel. There's something about him I hate. <laughs> so, Well, you know what, though? I think a lot of that stuff where, you know, unless he's told, this is I don't think it's a work at this point. But there was a lot of people that... Um, you know, with the fourth dimensional chess and all that, what he's doing with his character. But I really do think he was legitimately um, surprised that his character wasn't catching on. Like, he dude, I to. was surprised. I mean, I watched the people booing him, and I just almost didn't get it. I'm like, bro, I wouldn't boo him. Like, he's coming out there as a baby face. Then he had to deal with that. You know, he's got to change his promos there. to know that people are booing him. It kind of sucked. I, well, I, I think uh, his presentation was a little too 80s babyface, a little pretentious in a way, too. A little too I stereotypical. Think. A lot of people blame the Ogogo uh, feud, which it's weird because I kind of liked it. Like, dude, I kind of no, liked it, but people are like, oh, it was a disaster. 
because you really have to be to pull off the whole wearing a suit all the time. That's just not America anymore in the average person. It's not relatable. I don't think he had a, a relatable enough element to his character to be a baby face. Yeah. You know, that I think that's what it is. So he worked I could he see was that. wearing the wearing the fancy suits all the time. That's a heel thing. That's a heel thing. Um, yeah, like that's Don Callis wearing his in a super cool way or whatever, that's a heel thing. Coming out there with, the, you know, these Captain America style kind of stuff, it's a little bit of a heel it, thing. It now. was passe in the 90s, dude. It really was. And I mean, by the time Stone Cold came out, that type of baby face was really passe. And his, and his entrance coming up like this and then having that song play, a little pretentious in yeah. a way. Um, True. And the whole thing about. He, he, you know, he has this. He leaves his boot in the ring and stuff like that. Like <laughs> walks away. Like, he, come on, dude. You know. Maybe he was like, you know, maybe it all has to do with the fact that he can never go for the championship again. He realized that was a bad uh, thing, and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm not gonna break the stip. I'll just quit instead. So uh, at least I, he can I challenge for a champion that championship now in uh, in on Raw, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I think he he just kind of expected more people to to care in a way it's i don't know it could be i could be wrong but well, um, let's let's admit this, this is all speculation let's admit this too money talks and yeah money can mostly get people to do anything and uh we don't know the numbers man but if they threw out a big enough deal for them shit you and i would be wrestling for wwe too um oh of in course a like you'll never you never fault anyone for taking the money yeah. come on so i mean who knows man but Again, it's been talked to death. That's kind of our, our view on that. So um, moving on real quick to last night's New Japan show. Did you catch that last match between Okada and Naito? Just an absolute classic. And the only thing I can say about it is it's a shame that they had to do it at now rather than saving it for a bigger I stage. I know. My God, man. It, it's But at the same time, it's like, dude, wow, that Golden Week fucking main event was fucking awesome to, or not golden week golden series i'm sorry totally different things but uh yeah i guess is it safe to call this a filler defense though you know it, it has the place of a filler defense but at the same time so did dude it's okada dude okada's filler defenses like like okada versus shibata was a filler defense man yeah that's so true. i mean no in a way though it wasn't because it was the winner of the new japan cup Okay, okay. So that was a so yearly say it thing, wasn't. yeah. But but I nonetheless, say... Okada had these fill. It's Okada, bro. Like his his big time matches are always good. And like you add yeah. Naito to that mix, who they both obviously didn't treat this as a filler defense. They treated it as no, like a not. fucking G one final type match. Did it go thirty four minutes or something like that? Was that what it was? Yeah, it wasn't that long, you know, compared to it was some a of the other over thirty. But uh. That's kind of why I liked it because, like, they yeah. fit so much into that 30 something minutes. It was never boring. Even at the beginning, when you have the long holds and stuff, I was still like, oh, this is pretty cool. So, I, you know, and it's funny because I did go back and watch the um, Shibata. Um, if you ever want to remember what a crowd sounds like, and of all of the New Japan that I've watched since I've been into it, I have never heard a hotter wrestling crowd. In Japan, especially, 
than the, the Shibata Okada match. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Well, well I Incredible. mean, you go watch early 90s All Japan and we will have a whole sure. different talk, but yeah. Or just, yeah, 90s anything. Um, it was just incredible. But, um, you know, that's I've kind of gotten used to the clap crowds and all that stuff now, and I'm surprised that you don't hear more stuff leak out here and there. But just an outstanding match, and it's just two guys that are just two of the best that we're ever going to see uh in ring performers um you know and of course they've had tons of matches against each other in different eras and i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them again by the end of this oh, year oh i sure hope so my god man i i really um, think to me i'm like yeah. oh i want to see naito get that title now come on give it to him one more time dude right right i mean we still have the g1 and um but then there's a lot of guys that need to come back over and, and get their crack at it too. And you know, I, I, I mean, who do you see taking it off of Okada? Oh God, man. Whether it's now oh, or two boy. years. From I now. think we're going to have to wait. I probably Osprey is my quick reaction, but we're going to have know what mine is. Mine is Jay White. Yeah. Jay White hasn't really been in Japan that much. So things are going to have to change a little bit, man. I know I, of course, but I think once he gets back over they're they're hitting the gas pedal with him. Yeah, I, I would like that. Um, I know that Osprey is going to be in Japan soon, um, yeah. for a while. So I think during well, like, he's definitely an early favorite for the New Japan New Cup J- and possibly the G One. And of course, we can't wait to see who's announced for this forty-eight man New Japan Cup yes. because they are going sh- to have to go out of the company. We're supposed to be getting it tonight. Really? Yeah, I thought I think it was it's like March six p.m. They said 6 p.m. local time is what Kevin and Chris... By the way, Kevin and Chris were outstanding, especially in that main event. Yeah. Um, I thought they, they called a perfect... Fly. It's just amazing how good of a, uh, a color guy that Chris Charlton has become. I can't really say enough about how great he is now. And the fact that he, um, you know, has become kind of like a Mike Tenay style historian uh, fact guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely improved. I went between Japanese and English for for last night. Um, I switched, you know, like halfway through the match, I switched, and both uh, both languages were definitely on point. You had um, you had Tanahashi doing commentary. You know what was funny is they had uh, they had um, they had oh why is his uh, Hiromu doing commentary the night before right. and it's so funny that Hiromu just totally drops his character during commentary he just becomes a commentator you know he's sitting there going like oh look at that leg lock and stuff like that and then he gets <laughs> in the ring and he's like omotta, omotta, omotta. you know it's it's just well, hilarious yeah, we've but, seen that done but I, it, I think they said something about 6 p.m. Japan time they were going to announce it and right now it's about two o'clock so so t- two a.m. three a.m. tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so before I get out of here, uh, why don't we go through some breaking news real quick? That's not really breaking news. It's just, you know, I had fun last time. We we went over some Twitter or Reddit stuff, and I think that was kind of fun. Although I don't know if there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, so PW Insider quote: A number of people in the company marveled today about how far the company has come in terms of how women are presented in Saudi Arabia, going from one bout with women wearing oversized T-shirts to multiple women's bout with colorful ring attire. Right. I think? mean, I guess that's. I did notice that that they went from wearing T-shirts to uh, actually 
they just had to be covered head to toe, but they were tight, colorful stuff that was definitely more, you know, familiar. Yeah, what they don't mention is that uh, this is not new. Um, they've had circus performers in, in Saudi Arabia that have worn similar things. So they are kind of trying to make it seem like they're just reinventing it and that they're responsible for all this. But uh, it's probably more of like what the um, king of Saudi Arabia or whatever allows, you know. And well, I think the whole idea was they were going to tippy-toe, uh, you know, their way around this stuff. And um, I think I don't think you're eventually going to see them wearing their regular gear. I don't really think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think shows, showing but. cleavage, and sadly, they're so sexist there that showing arm skin is considered... You know, risky. Yeah, the guys can go out there with the speedos. Yeah, to- totally, problem, totally but. backwards. Well, we we can go. We can just totally debate this whole thing with the Saudi Arabia thing, but uh, whether they should be doing it or not. But then when you look yeah, at how much money they're issue. making, they're making more money than you know, AEW's entire TV deal Dude, is with I, this stuff. I was so. thinking about this today on the drive home. I was like, okay, you live in Saudi Arabia. WWE's become like your home promotion, right? I mean, shit. I live in the America. I live in the United States, and I don't get to see WWE multiple times a year. They come here like once a year, if. And I live in a big area. What the fuck, dude? You live in Saudi Arabia. You're like shit. Yeah, every two months we get a WWE show. Feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, dude, it's their PWG. It's their PWG, exactly. Like, what the <laughs> hell, man? That is wild. Um, hey, if you're, I will say this though, for all the bad stuff about. Saudi Arabia thing. No excuses for all that stuff, but I will say this. If you're a little kid, you get some awesome, to go to some awesome shows. I mean, if you're a kid, you know? So shout oh, out sure. to the little kids that get to go to these shows. Yeah, good for them. Even if it's uh, for questionable reasons. Um, 33 years ago at the Chi-Town Chi- Rumble... Ricky Steamboat defeated Ric Flair to become the new NWA Heavyweight Champion. You you seen that match? I I think I've seen those. It's uh, uh, one of the greatest matches. I know that I've seen their trilogy, but it's been years. I really should revisit that. Yeah, I feel like I've revisited that match in particular like four times, and it's always like I don't remember anything about it, and it's always good. You know, it's like, yep, that is a great fucking match. Um... So, 33 years ago, wow. Pretty, you guys are brushing your teeth impressive. once I'm done. Of course, back then, we were watching WWE, right? WWF. I mean, how? what year was it? 33 years ago, 1989, is it? I, I Yeah, I was probably watching WWF. If I wasn't paying that close of attention at that age, but... I was three years old, dude. I was definitely watching go. Hulk Hogan. I was seven or eight, probably. Um, Tomatonga kicked out of the Bullet Club? No. Yes, G.O.D., gone. Jay White turned on him and let the Good Brothers back in. What? What? Big story. So what's going to happen here? Is Tama going to join Hontai? I would say defaultly he's in Hontai now, He right? just signed a new contract, dude. Yes, he did. Wow. Yes, he did. He, he was a free agent for a few minutes. Um... I was a little surprised because I felt like he was one of those guys that uh, wanted to stay in the United States a little bit more just because he's got a family and all that stuff. And I remember at one point they literally sent him home for two weeks and he came back or two days or something like that and went right back to Japan. I, I, you know, if you want to, 
His his podcast is actually pretty good. It is good. It is good. I mean, yeah. look, it's it is hit or miss for me, but he it's kind of a, a low quality podcast in the sense that he just says whatever. And like yeah. it's not edited that much and stuff, which I really enjoy. Um No, it's a good show. And I like the co host and all that stuff and um sometimes it gets a little too too many people on the show. Oh but okay. when it was just what all the patrons? Yeah, well, sometimes, but when was when it's just I don't, I have no I get used to those people too, and they're not a problem. To me, it's a lot. It's like, oh, this is a new person. They're annoying, but it's only because they're new. But once I listen to a few weeks, I'm fine with them. Justin, I just had an idea. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you make more yeah. money than me. But I'll help you. We're gonna be a patron for Thomas, and you're gonna go on the show, oh, and boy. you're gonna hype wrestling and. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. You know, it's funny because we're only a few connections away from doing that kind of stuff. How much is his has his patron? Oh, cost? I don't even know, dude. But I feel like let's not too, talk too much inside baseball on yeah. the podcast. So, uh, right? Um, yeah, you know, I saw this awesome post that was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They said every other Bullet Club member has uh, leader has been betrayed, but Jay White is the first one that figured it out, saw it coming, and stopped it in its tracks. Hey, he's cerebral, he's intelligent, but you know what's funny is the biggest thing that happened with Bullet Club in the last three years basically happened on Impact. <laughs> I know. That's that probably like, not a good thing, but also, hey man, they gotta keep people Outside wrestling. of evil joining, right, I guess, but in the last year, the biggest storyline kind of thing in Bullet Club, other than, I'm like, show join, but I think Tama, like, they're the OGs, man, Tama and... Oh, yeah. The G.O.D. getting kicked out is a way bigger story than show joining. No, that that's huge. Uh, they've been part of the Bullet Club since the inception. And, I mean, uh, not both of them, but I think uh, Tomatonga, I believe. And that it's huge, man. Uh, that, that is really cool that they did something like that. I think they both can be really good baby faces, unless they decide to go with the heel group. But we are yet to see. That is exciting. Exciting news. And some moving and shaking in New Japan. And, you know, New Japan has done angles in America, and they kind of have to nowadays. So, there you go. They got, yeah, I, I mean, it seems like they almost have more going on outside their promotion than they do inside. I mean, of course, great, you know, title matches aside. Um, once those borders open up, I mean, freaking technically, um, Orange Cassidy is in freaking chaos. <laughs> I know, you know. Wow. Yeah. And yep. it, it's just such a shame. And I and I, I hate to kind of get on this that they had Tomohiro Ishii in AEW and they throw him in some eight man tag match on AEW. It's like well, it was they only really one appearance something. though. But it, no, it was a tag. It was a it was a two on two, they, wasn't it? I feel like they could have done something a little more prevalent with him. You gotta understand though, though, you gotta assume that no one knows who the fuck that is that's watching on TV. True, but then they put, you know, you know, Kojima and uh, Moxley at all Nagata out. Nagata in those too, in those big matches. And, yeah. And Suzuki. Um, yeah. Well, and the argument can be made that Tomohiro Ishii can outperform those guys in terms of a one on one match. 
Yeah, it's not much of an argument. It's just kind of how it is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, Jay White's on AEW. You know, he he was on AEW as a forgiveness. Did you hear that? Like he wasn't well, planned on being on AEW, but uh, Tony Khan accidentally did one of his stupid like I have the biggest announcement ever, forbidden forbidden door, all this stuff. Right. And so he and then he's like, wait a minute, technically <laughs> Keith Lee wouldn't be because he's a free agent. So let me just call up New Japan and get Jay White in here yep. or whatever. Yeah, he probably called Rocky Romero up and said, hey, Rock, uh, what can we get going here? And he's like, how about Jay White? He's sitting around. He's like, okay, let's do it. Oh, um, his match with Trent was pretty awesome, too. Jay White is a great wrestler, too. Another guy that um, the little things he does remind me of Bret Hart. Yeah. Um, you know, on, yeah. I'm going to tell you this, something I've thought of but really haven't said. I really dislike the take that, like, Jay White should be in America because he rests. Uh, uh, people in Japan don't get him. It's just Americans only get him because of his style. Like, dude, I, I, I saw him versus fucking Ibushi in one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. And he Absolutely. did his, you know, heel gimmick. And the Japanese fans loved it. And everyone loved it. So I, I, I like if, 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 if you know, uh, Toriano has a place on the card with a completely different traditional Japanese style. What does that even mean? I don't even understand that argument Yeah, those people are making. Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, he should be in AEW because really he doesn't connect with the Japanese fan. And I'm like, no, dude, he does. Who, like, Who is saying that? Non-Japanese people, right? I, I'm not going to name names and call right. people out, but I mean, well, yeah. these are American podcasters that often yeah. say this and people in big yeah. positions. But uh, I've seen it parroted from other people on Twitter a lot, and I, I'm always, I haven't responded and, and replied, but it's always in my head. I'm like, dude, that guy can go no matter where he's at, and I think he's entertaining to all audiences. Like, I don't think Yeah, it's, I don't... Yeah, I don't understand that. But, you know, I, I, I've i said this before, I don't like... I've always disliked from podcasters, like, I read this on Twitter and here's why it's wrong. So I'm going to... Well, let's get away from that. So. And the only reason why he's not out there tearing it up is because he's trying to get his green card, as Kevin Kelly has... Oh. was the one person who confirmed that saying because he was on Super J cast and they thought I asked him where's Jay White and he's like he's trying to get his green card okay so that's why he hasn't been back there it's not because he doesn't want to go because pretty much everyone else has gone back at you know Osprey G.O.D. Um, who are some of the other he's really the only you know Ross, main roster Gaijin talent that hasn't been back there for some respect yeah. right yeah Huh. And, yeah, I guess, you know, as someone who, you know, when my wife was getting her green card, we did the whole thing when she was out of the country. Um, but it, it seems like the best thing to do is just to stay where you are until the process is completed mm. um, to, to make it go more smoothly. We're talking about his Japanese uh, green card, or that's American an American only. Card. Okay. Well, he lives yeah, in America, trying, doesn't he? he? Yes. he's. I think he lives in, like, Florida or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, As all, uh, all wrestlers lived in Florida. Bro. I don't know if he's doing it. I, I think he might have gotten married, too. I don't know. But he's okay. trying to get his green card, and it, it behooves him to remain in the country while trying to oh, go through that process. And so it's a long process. Um, or, no, he just wants to have that residency here and get Social Security. I don't know. But um, I know for my wife, when she was in Japan, and we were going, it, it took about a good year and a half for the paperwork to go through. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the speed of bureaucracy and paperwork is, is some of the slowest, you know, there is. So that's, uh, you know, best of luck to him. I, I sure hope that... I'm that sure he'll get it. It's just a, once that's nailed, I'm sure 
hopefully by the summer he'll or even sooner we might see him tonight on that uh new japan cup uh i'm watching it for sure yeah i i would hope so i think he should be i hopefully he's on as long as i would expect him to be on that if all the um paperwork is in the right place he should be there for sure 48 people unless they're gonna do you think they're gonna dive into noah at all oh yeah oh yeah you think so i i think we got noah i think we might might see some people from it's definitely going to be juniors and heavies for sure yeah um i think we're going to see noah i i dude honestly the announcement's almost confusing so it's hard to even guess um are we going to have orange cassidy in the japan cup no he's waiting for the best of super juniors next year so i would i would be all over that yeah i'd love it i remember when the forbidden door rumors were going around and he posts a thing on twitter that says when is bosj again (laughs) <laughs> that was funny um so i think we'll end it with probably the biggest news of the night which is that dave Meltzer has announced the plans for the miz at wrestlemania did you see that is it him against uh, johnny knoxville or something no it's him against ray and dominic with partner logan paul so <laughs> don't edit out that silence <laughs> so uh I will say this: Logan Paul is more popular than any of these wrestlers, um, except maybe Rey Mysterio. Everyone we've talked about. Yeah. He, um, if they put him on the cover of WWE 2K22, he'll sell more copies. I'm not doubting that. That's what I'm saying is, I told this last episode: WWE is going to make the the choices that's going to get them the most eyes on things. Oh, you know whether yeah. they're not going to develop new talent or anything. They're that the the strategy is. Let's just have Brock Lesnar win everything. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now, I'm going to say this, man. As someone who has a good inf- uh, knowledge of influencers, Logan Paul seems like a piece of trash. Um, he is currently seemingly addicted to drugs, um, has been for the last year. Um, yeah, seems like a real shit stain. <laughs> I hate to say this, but God, man, just his, his public life. Uh, so finally, at least they book- booked him as a heel. Which is probably smart, um, so because everyone loves to hate him, right? So, I don't. I mean, I kind of know his thing, um, but uh, I, you know, if they're just trying to get basic dollars and numbers into this WrestleMania, like, like I guess that's a good decision to get somebody like him in there. They gotta sell a uh, lot uh, more uh, tickets. Bless you. They'll probably get. Uh, you know, Johnny Knoxville against Sami Zayn for the yep. Intercontinental title. I mean, yeah. I mean, as a wrestling fan, I, like we've said, we respect the hell out of Johnny Knoxville for love what he puts his body through, almost like a professional wrestler and stuff. But, um, you know, I saw that we wouldn't... movie, by the way. And yeah, he did get brain damage from that. Right. If not then, before, of course, <laughs> too. But, um, you know... This is a different product than we have grown to enjoy uh, elsewhere, right? Um, this isn't. Uh, but but it's the same you know? thing that WWE's always done. I mean, look. Oh yeah, it's it's Mr. Definitely T, in their, fucking, their modus operandi. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but you know they got to sell more tickets, right? Like they have two arena, uh, two giant stadium nights that they have to sell. Yeah, I mean, you, it would be every year usually you'd have in uh, every WrestleMania would have, okay, here's this one celebrity match that isn't for you as a wrestling fan. This is for the casual fan. Um, but every year that's kind of shrinking, right? Like, Yeah. Um, I really want to see Roman and Brock. I think that's going to be awesome, right? But 
Well, that all depends on the booking, right? I mean, right. Um, it should be good, but there's just a lot more fluff these days. And honestly, I'd rather see, you know, Roman have a great match against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That's not crapped on, and I, you know, as a wrestling fan, but I know that I'm not an idiot. I know that Roman and Brock is going to draw more eyes and money. Yeah, you know, I'm not stupid. Yeah, and it, and you know, not to get too much about that, but badly booked, considering that Roman and him are. It's badly booked in the sense that I'm not sure who I want to win because they're both like unstoppable monsters, and it's, it's like just I one don't of those really things care. where they, it, you know, I've never like. I this is my 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 favorite rendition of Brock, I guess, that I've ever seen. But at the same time, the way they've booked him, I don't like when somebody is unstoppable. Yeah, that Goldberg. Uh, type I don't. Of. I, I hate that because when they lose, it's like done, and then every it makes everyone else look so much shittier. Like that's what I like about New Japan is, I'm not saying everyone's on Okada's level, but like, you still know that he he loses a couple matches in the G1 every year. Oh yeah, and he, so, he like, probably everyone, will lose in the New Japan Cup. Everyone is vulnerable, like. But then you still have guys that rise to the occasion and look strong. Um, it, 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 it's just, you don't see that. With, like, when I'm looking at Brock Lesnar and the way he's presented, I'm not going to believe anyone can beat him, maybe outside of Roman, right? Yeah. So it's like, why? It, it's just, I don't know. Yep. Well, uh, I don't like that kind of booking. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. But No, I think, I, th- I, I th- if you take five seconds to think about it, then you'll understand what's off. But, uh, I will say this. They, they said they're doing two-for-one tickets at WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure they mean two nights for one. Um, but I thought right, they were talking place. two tickets for one. Like I was like, shit, maybe. What? I thought they meant like two tickets next to each other for the price of one. I was like, shit, if they do that, maybe Justin <laughs> and I will go to WrestleMania next year. I, st- I have a friend that lives in Dallas, and I was t- you know he, he uh, has somewhat of a connection to that stadium. And I asked him, and, hey, are you going to get us some tickets? And he's like, oh, I don't know. This one's going to be tough. But I don't know if I'm ready to go to a big event right now. Well, <laughs> still, I'm, I'm, referring, I'm referring to next year. If they do oh, two, in LA. If they do two for one tickets for one night, I might right. consider going. Like, get I, one I, for you, I, one for me. I really kind of want to take my boys to WrestleMania next year. We'll see how that goes and what the prices are. I'm always scared off by that. But... I definitely want to check out that stadium, and hopefully, I'll go to at least one football game there next year. But well, we're definitely we'll we're definitely going to WrestleCon, and uh, we're definitely right. going to have to hit New- if New Japan or Stardom's doing a show here next year. Oof. Is Stardom doing a, sh- a show at WrestleCon? Well, no, but they did in the past. They did oh, right. do sh- oh, back before COVID when they had the WrestleMania in New York City. They had a DDT show, a Stardom show, you know, like well, pre-pandemic. Yeah. So next year. It's always a possibility, but if there's well, we any... could be dealing with the Heineken virus or something next year, who knows? <laughs> I'm sure. Instead of, yeah, the Omega virus, instead of the micro... micro what's it called? Omicron? Omicron. So, yeah. it's uh, definitely possible, but uh, hopefully everything is good, just like the podcast you guys just listened to. Very good. Good job, Justin. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for letting us know about all appreciate your... You P- PWG knowledge. It's good to get someone that's been there, done that. Yeah, I'm definitely not an original fan or anything for sure, but I've been to a few. So, 
awesome uh thank you guys for listening if you made it this far we appreciate you we love our fans always hit us up let us know how you feel about the show you have any corrections we love hearing all that stuff so uh appreciate you guys more than anything um so yeah yeah anything else justin you ready to get going let's part ways and we got to find out who's in that new japan cup we're gonna have to figure that out we'll talk to you guys about that uh, in our next show so thank you so much have a good one guys and we will talk to you guys later